I'm going to minister this word quickly because I want to get you out of here uh, in a good time. The topic is mastering the elements. Somebody say mastering the elements. Uh, a couple of passages of scripture. We'll start with Genesis, the fourth chapter, verse seven in the New Living Translation. Every season requires a different mode of instruction. And so if I don't get real preachy, y'all going to be all right with that, right? <clears throat> uh, do you know the most popular churches are usually churches that are teaching oriented? Because it usually inspires the most uh, prosperity in the lives of people. And people get the most benefit when they're actually taught and learn something versus just emotionally stimulated. Yeah. And so we have a good combination of it, I think, here. But in certain seasons, I always feel the instruction of the Lord to be a little bit more didactic and a little bit more instructional. Uh, Genesis 4 and 7 says, you will be accepted. Say that. You will be accepted if... You do what is right. I could close this iPad and go home. I just canceled all of your generational curses. I canceled a couple of your therapy appointments. And I definitely cleared out my text message log a little bit. You will be accepted if you do what is right. Do you realize the majority of the problems in our lives are the results of doing wrong. It's just what we did that we was not supposed to do. We wasn't supposed to marry you. So now we're going through hell for 20 years. And we got high blood pressure, low blood pressure, high sugar, low sugar. Therapists, psychiatrists, meds, and a couple of sips every once in a while. And the real issue is... The scripture says, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. That means you got a decision. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Now, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Sin is crouching where? That means, I mean, right there. Eager to do what? See, you think sin just wants you to fall into it. Sin doesn't want to just have a fall, a rendezvous. Sin wants to have dominion. Sin is looking to establish a system of order that is a total control entity of your being. When sin is in control of you, it tells you how to dress. You know that you know them clothes are provocative. You want to know how you know? Because how you look at yourself in the mirror when you put it on. You ain't in the mirror smiling, looking at your face. You looking at hips and thighs and everything else. Sin is a total control entity. It's eager to control you. The Bible says, but you must subdue it and be its master. Can I help you? Here's deliverance wave number one. You're waiting for God to take away something that he told you to have mastery of. I might as well go in the office. It's never going to, let, let, let me help. It's never going to get any easier than it is right now. Your struggle, your temptation, your war, your passion, your drive, your desire. It's never going to get any easier than it is right here. So change the focus of your, God, God, if you just take it away. He did through the cross. Now you master it. Now you have dominion. 
Next scripture, Matthew 6.33, it says, but first and most importantly, this is the amplified version, seek, aim at, and strive after. Y'all hear that? It says first. Somebody say first. And most importantly, that means it is the highest order and priority of your existence. Seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. I'm just waiting for y'all to get adjusted. That means the pursuit of the kingdom is more important than your pursuit of your degree. I'm not telling you not to have your degree because I'm going for mine. But the pursuit of the kingdom has to be one, has to be first. It says, and his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. The way that God does and is right. Not your version of what's right and what you want to do. The attitude and the character of God and then all of these things, somebody say all things, will be given to you also. So if I seek the kingdom first, if I aim at and strive after the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right way of doing things and his attitude and character, then everything else automatically is added. So then that means the the struggle only exists when his kingdom is not the priority and I'm going after things. You seek the kingdom, things come, they find you. Uh, Mr. Furlow, please come sign the paper on your Range Rover. Me? I said, do, do you, need any, you need any paperwork? No, sir. I just need you to sign. You don't need verification? You need a pay stub? Or, no. No, I just need your signature. See, because I, I wasn't seeking stuff. We were having a play day. I said, let's just ride up and down the street and look at some of these fancy cars. I wasn't even in the market for a car. I went there and the man showed me, he said, this is your car. I said, what do you mean this is my car? Because the pursuit is not stuff. Because then when you pursue stuff, now I got to work overtime and find money and preach and accept engagements. And I'm trying to save up money. And it becomes this, this wrong directional focus. If I seek his kingdom and his righteousness, the things... Here's the prophetic window that we're in. And you have to discern the time and the season. Say, I must discern. The time and the season of God. I'm telling you that that is a deliberate function of your mental faculty and your spiritual being. If you do not quiet yourself enough to become sensitive to God, you will miss God. Jacob said, behold, this was the house of God and I didn't know. You could be right in the face of the living God. And if you're not sensitive enough and aware of it, you'll miss him. Are y'all hearing that? We got to discern the season. Here we are. We're in a season of harvest. Somebody say the season of harvest. The season of harvest will always reveal the quality of the seed that you sowed in the previous season. The scripture says in Galatians 6 and 9, in due season you will reap if you what? Faint not. So somebody say harvest. Right now, your harvest is the assessment of the quality of your seed. Where you are, what you have, what you possess, what your hands have been tied to in terms of your work. Everything right now, today, take an assessment. Today is the manifestation of a seed that you have already sown. 
So you get to be the determining factor for what the next season of harvest looks like. Because once you come into a season of harvest, there is a divine principle that says you will reap what you you can't do anything about a harvest once you've sown a seed. Ask any fertile woman in any healthy male. You sow a seed, you get in the harvest. Are y'all listening? Ask Dejan and Brianna. Happily married, husband and wife. Glory to God in Jesus' name. Huh? You sow a seed, you will get a so stop sowing the wrong seed and then being mad at the harvest. You can't counsel away a harvest. You got to live through a harvest. You got to live through it. And you got to learn from it. And then you have to use that wisdom in the next season of sowing. Somebody say it's the season of harvest. The next season we're in is overlapping. It's the season of productivity. John 9 and 4 says that we must work while it is day because night comes when no man can. That that means that you will not always be able to do what you're supposed to do. Time is an economy. So you cannot treat time like like it's eternal. For you, it's not. You have a season of productivity. Somebody say the season of productivity. There is a day season where you are supposed to maximize your talent, your gift, your resources, and who you are to produce what God put you in the earth to produce. Because a night season is going to come where you are not going to be able to do it. As much as you want to travel the world and preach, you ain't going to do it real good at 70. You might pray for somebody doing it when you're 70. You may send an offering to somebody, but you're not going to be on four and five planes every week at 70. Ripping and running around the world. But if he told you to do it, then you're supposed to maximize the season of productivity. There are things that we're waiting for God to do that he's waiting for us to to set in motion. Somebody said the season of productivity. Then there is the season of acceleration and supernatural births. Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I will do a new thing. Who's going to do it? God's going to do it. He said, now it shall spring forth. Now, when he says now, he means now. Somebody say now. Somebody say now mean now. Like when Miss Seely made them clothes. One size fit all. Y'all know where I was going with that. Tyra already knew. All mean all. Somebody say now means now. That means when God is speaking, this is a prophetic word that he is taking time out of the equation. Because something that would usually require seed time and harvest, he's saying now it's immediately going to spring forth. It's a season of acceleration. Shall you not know it? He says, I will even make a road in the wilderness. There's not supposed to be a road in the wilderness. But in the season of God's supernatural activity, he will defy the mind and do what is impossible for you to do. He said, I'm going to put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Ain't supposed to be no river in the desert. If you see a river in the desert, it's supposed to be a mirage. But he's saying, I'm going to change the, the, the condition, the environment to make it conducive for the now thing. Somebody say, there's a now thing. Then we are in the season of expansion. Say expansion. Ezekiel 47, 1 through 5 says, He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. When the man went toward the east with a line in his hand, this is the prophet Ezekiel in a vision with an angel. He said he refers to the angel as a man. He says the man went out toward the east with the line in his hand and he measured a thousand cubits and he led me through the water reaching the ankle. Somebody say ankle. ankle. 
Again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water and the water reached the knees. Again, he measured a thousand. Somebody say a thousand. And he led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not ford for the water had risen enough to swim in a river that could not be forded. Somebody say this is the season of expansion. But here's the thing that we have to understand about how God processes us in seasons of expansion. Most of us want to jump to the top and not do the work in the middle. Huh? And, and I have found that in my walk with God and just as a Christian, that in the way that God deals with us, you got to pass the level to get to the next level. Now, I know man will promote you. Situations and, 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 and systems will, will put you in places. But the Bible says that he will not put more on us than we can bear. Somebody say amen. That's not just a burden. That could be purpose. That could be money. That could be prosperity. Anything that you do not have the wherewithal or the capacity to handle, if it's on you, God didn't put it there. The devil will put it there. He'll give you something that he knows you're going to drop. So he can laugh at you and destroy your ability to get up and to build again. He'll give you a ministry that you can't handle, that you don't have character for. I know y'all don't like it. I'm, huh? He'll give you a job in an economic tax bracket that's only going to produce more sin in your life because you have more money to sin with. And still miss church. But God will never, somebody say never. Put more on us than we have the wherewithal to handle. And so in this scripture, in Ezekiel 47, uh, there are various stages of development. I want you to find out where you are. Take an assessment of yourself and find out where you are so that you can go to the next level. Somebody say the next level. Now, here he is. He brings him uh, to the first level. Somebody say ankle. There is a word there. uh, I'm going to try to pronounce it. Padilla. P-A-I-D-E. I-A. It means the pediatric level. It's where we get the word pediatrics from. It's the place of learning. All right. So when the angel brings him out to the place where the water was only ankle deep, he's saying before you can even entreat the masses of this water, I got to bring you to a place of instruction. Somebody say instruction. These are people who just come to church and don't want to move of God. I'm not going to get in too deep. I'm not going to get in too close. So let me get one of them waves, get my little toe wet. Thank you, Lord. Church was good today. But they're not thinking about going in too deep. Then he said measure a thousand. The next level was knee level. The word for there for a uh, uh, child or for the, place, the phase of maturity is technon. Somebody say technon. This is the knee level. These are those who are led by the spirit of God. It is a level of maturity. Say maturity. The knee level means it is the level that impacts your prayer, your worship, and your acknowledgement of the lordship of Jesus Christ. Every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that he is Lord. So when your private interactions and your public confession or profession become one in the same, somebody say knee level. Then he told him to measure another thousand, say another thousand. The the next word for son there is huios, H-U-I-O-S, huios. That means those who in character in life actually represent God and they are governed by the spirit of God. That was loin level. Somebody say loin level. These are men of full age or men or women of full age, fully matured sons of God who are able to reproduce after their own kind. Somebody say amen. They don't make excuses for mankind or things that are going on in the world. They come to the place of subjecting their appetites to the move and control of the spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
This is loin level. When the water gets to the place that it covers your reproductive systems, you finally get licensed to reproduce something after your own kind. Isn't it amazing how many people try to be a mentor and you don't have nothing to give? You're trying to recreate something in somebody and nothing has ever been created in you. So before you get to the phase of reproduction, you got to be you got to be waist deep. You got to be loin deep in the water. The Holy Spirit has to control your ability to reproduce. That's why I told you a few weeks ago that you have to take an assessment of people that are in your ear in the right season. Because the wrong people in the right season talking to you will abort your process. And we've come too far. We've gone through too much, Elder Ramona, to get to where we are now. We've suffered too much. We've sown too much. We've prayed too much. We have cried too much. So I can't come to reproduction level and let you make me have an abortion when I'm, when I'm really supposed to be able to reproduce. Right? It's the next level. He said the water was overflowing so that he could not cross it. That is the word uh, for fully mature uh, father, which is where we get the word pater, P-A-T-E-R. These are Greek words, by the way. Pater. Somebody say pater. Now, when you get to this level, the pater or father is the originator and the transmitter of anything. It is one who authors a family, a society, or a lineage, and one who has infused his own spirit into others to the point that it actuates or governs their minds, and one who looks after another paternally. Somebody say, Father. Father. Somebody say, Father. Father. Paul said, you got a lot of instructors, but you don't have many fathers. He said, there's not a lot of people that God has entrusted to make sure, oh God, here we go. That what's in them can be imparted into you and become a governing system. People look at people like me and want to be close. You don't want to be close to me. Somebody, somebody said, I'm going to go out to dinner with you and your wife and spend some time with you. I said, you might like us better just as your pastor from a distance. Can you pay the price for being up close? Because when you get up close to a potter, their intention is going to be to change you into the image of Christ. Y'all not, I know, I know. Y'all just wanted a popcorn date. But when you get close, now I'm looking at your systems. I'm looking at how you think, why you think, how you do what you do, how you move. Does your word hold any weight? What's driving you? Is it your flesh? Is it your emotion? Or is it your spirit? Or is it a combination of all of it which makes you a carnal Christian? I'm sifting you to get you out of your flesh into the spirit. Everybody can't bear up under that incessantly. Huh, Dejan? He said, and still stay. He's one of the ones. You can't think like that. I'm coming for that. I'll say it. I'm coming for that. I'm coming for that ideology because that thought process is more conducive to the enemy's agenda than it is to God's plan for your life. Potter, one who infuses their spirit in another. Somebody say amen. In Genesis 7, I'm winding down. Sin is defined as the Hebrew word chata. I'm not saying it right. C-H-A-T-T-A apostrophe A-H. Amen. Y'all find it out. From the root word 
which means to miss the goal or miss the path or the right and duty. Sin isn't just a transgression of the law. That's a transgression. Sin is missing the right of duty. How many of y'all are in sin right now? You don't even know. Because you're so far away from your actual purpose that you live every day in an alternate reality. That's all sin. From the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep, you're in sin if you're not in your God-ordained purpose. Because the definition of sin is to miss the right of duty. Let that sink in. Oxtails, let that marinate. I season them and I let them marinate in the fridge for 24 hours before I slow cook them. They fall off the bone. Uh-huh. You gotta let it, it gotta marinate. You are in sin if you are missing God's idea about you. What did he call you to do? Can I present an idea to you, just a thought that I had? So many people want to be great in church. And it's such a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Creflo Dollar became a multimillionaire preaching the Bible. You're not becoming a millionaire preaching anymore. So now what you going to do? So many people waste their energy trying to be great in church. It doesn't have a 401k plan. There's no investment associated with it, and you don't have medical. Unless you got, what is the, the state one, what is it called? Husky, A or B. Y'all know Husky, when you get the glasses, they're the real thick ones. We know Husky glasses when we see them. Ain't nothing wrong with that, no condemnation. I done had a couple of pairs myself. Nothing wrong with that. At least you can see. But it doesn't make sense, Prophet T, to waste the brain power that God has given you trying to find a Wednesday night to preach to us. Why not take that energy and find out your real purpose? You know why I like the Catholic Church? Because nobody's trying to be a priest. They go to church, they serve God, and they realize that's your vocation. Now let me go be productive in the world. Y'all, y'all don't, I know. It's, uh, we trying to be productive in the church and failures outside. Come in here, look at Gucci down. chanel up. I'm not going to ask you your investment portfolio, what it looked like. I'm not even going to ask you. I'm not going to ask about property. Are y'all getting this? The teaching is designed to bring you to a place of mastery so that you don't have to live in a smoke screen. Y'all, church, the, the, this, is, this, is, this is a smoke screen. This is hype. We don't know who you really are here. And this church is anointed enough. You grab this mic, you're going to be anointed too. You may not have an ounce of anointing, but you're going to be anointed up here. That's how it works in this church. It's an atmosphere. It's atmospheric. Girl, you slayed us today, and that's all you need, and then you on a high. For what? How much money you got? What can you buy? 
If we needed to buy a building, how much can you put in up front as a security and a surety for us? Y'all not talking back to me, but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to switch the mindset from y'all just being good church people, not even good Christian, good church people, to being people that are productive citizens of God's kingdom on earth. If Jesus said the kingdom is within you, that means the realm, the realm of his sovereignty lives in your being. Not this building, it lives inside of you. So if you got the sovereign God inside of you, why are you not calling the shots where you are? See, I just have a complex. I believe I'm a son of God in the earth. So wherever I go, I'm, re I'm reorganizing everything. Wherever I go. Ask people to hang with anywhere I go. I walk into your restaurant. If it's out of order, I'm going to tell you it's out of order. If I go to your restaurant and I'm not greeted properly, I want to talk to the manager and tell them that their staff needs to be replaced. Because I believe in dominion. But that's because there's a realm. Are y'all hearing me? All right, let me keep going. So sin is defined as missing the goal or path, the right and the duty. The scripture established that if you do right, you will be accepted. That means that every door, every arena, every realm of influence, it has a code. Somebody say a code. Once you fulfill the code, you will be accepted into that arena. You can't break the door down. Did I say that in English enough? Did y'all get it? Let me make it. You're not going to be a great singer if you don't practice singing. You're not going to be a great musician if you got a Casio keyboard. Now, you might start on a little Casio. But if you're going to take it serious, you can't, you're going to have to get away from the ding, 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 ding. Every arena, listen, I want y'all to get this, really. Every arena has a code to lock out people who don't qualify. So if you, if you really get that principle, I'm, I'm really winding down. I'm watching the time. If you get that principle, then you realize that anything is possible for you. If you're willing to pay the price, anything, you can make up your mind right now in this room and decide I am going to be a multi-millionaire. Now, most of us say that, grab it, and we waiting for the Powerball to fall in our lap. You're not thinking that you're going to have to create something and tap into supply and demand. And make sure enough people want what you're supplying to put you into the arena of being a multimillionaire. Come on, y'all. There's a practicality to this. It's not superstitious. Most of us are believing God to do stuff. And I'm telling you, you've been believing him for 10 years and he ain't did it yet, did he? He hasn't done it yet, did he? Ask yourself. Y'all get, get a good praise. God gonna do it. He gonna do it. He ain't did it. He ain't did it. Scripture says he gives you the power to get. That means economy is attached to your ability. It's attached to your capability. I'm not just preaching money. I'm not preaching money. I'm preaching liberty in your mind so that you can think with a different set of thoughts. There's stuff you want God to do he's not going to do. you got to get up and do it. And you know who's doing it? People of other ethnicities. They have no problem doing that. Why? Because they're not trying to be great in church. We give our kids cakes for their 16th birthday. They give their kids businesses. And let that sit there. I, got, I just turned the crock pot on. 
We're giving cakes. And if we're fancy cars, we can't afford for them. And other ethnicities or races, rather, are given businesses. Leaving inheritances. We do GoFundMe. I just, ooh, I hope this is getting on your nerves. I hope it's, I hope it's I, like digging in, just digging. You know, like when you're in church and your mom pinch you? No, oh, she used to pinch me and then slap me. Sorry. How are we going to get from where we are right now to where we're supposed to be? Some of you are anchored. I, I could probably wind up now. Uh, Wednesday night, play some tradition. Right? The reality is some of us are only ankle deep today, and that's okay. Because the angel told Ezekiel, measure another thousand. Some of us are only knee deep today. That's okay. You make us think you're swimming, but that's okay. You're only knee deep. But the angel told him, measure another thousand some of us are only low in level and that's okay because he told him measure another thousand you will always have the opportunity to miss the mark always you will always be granted opportunities to miss your assignment and purpose I'm telling you your assignment is not just to preach can I talk to the elders some of you, this is your vocation. It really is. And it's what you're going to do full time. Because there is a vocational call to ministry. But everybody doesn't have that. The enemy will always present an opportunity. Jesus, on your way to glorification, fall down and just worship me. And I'll give all of this to you. Not realizing that he already possessed all of it. That means everything you're going to be is already locked inside of you. The devil's deception is to make you think he can get you there quicker without the process, without the pain, without the endurance. It's deception. Because that's his economy, lie. Right? Whether your ankle, knee, waist, or if perhaps you are swimming in the water to the point that it's already overflowing, you've got a master the elements that are all around you. You've got to master it. If you do good, that means if you just make up your mind, I'm going to do what is right. You'll be accepted. You will gain access to every arena that God has designed for your life. I'm a little vulgar and I'm working on it. I'm growing. It's, it's coming at the wrong time though. Because the closer I get to 50, the less I'm concerned about what I say. So I probably should have started this ministry 10 years sooner than I did because then I could have grown into it a little bit more. But I could have been on TV by now. I've had opportunities. No, no, no. I, I could have. But I had to sleep my way onto the stage. So how am I going to sleep with you? And this is real. I'm not, I'm not making it up. If I hadn't deleted the messages, I'd probably show you. I'm asleep with you having an affair on my wife. 
and then get on your stage and talk about Jesus to the world. I'm talking about TBN. TBN. I could have been on TBN already. Super mega, we could already. And imagine, watch it. Imagine how many people will come just because I've been on TBN. We'd have a church full of people that are useless because they don't even know I slept my way onto that arena. Couldn't come while we was over here sweating and going through it and praising and pushing. But they see a name. Y'all see what the church is like? Y'all see it? I don't have a problem with the church. It's the body of Christ. It's the place where his headship is. But we've got to get it back to where it should be. you got to master the elements. That's, that's the point. you got to master the elements. You will have opportunities to fail. You will have opportunities to miss the mark. You will have opportunities to miss your assignment. But you got to repent. you got to change your mind. And you got to get back in the posture of doing what it is that he called you to do. Do you have the cure for the diseases that are taking people out? Do you have it? Is it in you? And you just don't know because you never was diligent enough to go to medical school, even though you like medicine? Is it you? Are you creating, are you the one that's supposed to create the next Uber type app? See, y'all don't, yeah. If I was in California in Silicon Valley, everybody's dreamers and they're visionaries. They'll be thinking, yeah, that's me. Y'all are like, "Mm mm-mm. Call me an Uber. (laughs) Instead of creating the next holla. Holla. That's what we're going to call it. When they get there, they got to say holla when they come to pick you up. You get what I'm saying? You could create, you can create. Oh, God, help me. I can't get it out the way I feel it. You got to master the element. What sin? I'm really done. It's crouching at your door. Are you just too tired? Too tired to go back to school? Are you lazy? Just too lazy. I just don't feel like it. And all of your money is being washed down the drain because somebody else is going to catch your idea because if God put it in you for the benefit of humanity, he's not going to let humanity stop because you're lazy. He's going to give it to someone else. How do we know that scripturally? Oh, I'm glad you asked me. He said, take the one who took the one talent and hit it and give it to the one that had the most. That's God's mind, y'all. Y'all got y'all to gotta read the scripture through the lens of how he thinks. They told us, he's just, oh, he's just, he just accepts you. and Yeah, he accepts you, and then you got you to gotta do right. If you do good, you will be accepted. Everybody's standing.